Hey everybody, welcome back to Murder Blows. This is Violet, but you will not be hearing from our lovely co-host, except for Maisie this week. She brought her friend Michael in to do a very special episode based in Michael's hometown of Phoenix, Arizona. Shout out to Arizona listeners. This is a really, really dope episode. I'm very excited that we get to share this with you. Like I said, we wanted to explain the format that it's just going to be Maisie and Michael. So please enjoy and hang on for the ride. And this will be a shock because none of the other girls are listening to this episode until it releases. So we will be sitting on the edge of our seat. So please enjoy and let's hear our intro music and Michael's story. episode of murder blows this is a very special either episode or segment of an episode i'm not sure where it's gonna go yet but it's gonna be great um uh, we have a um very in real not real time but in person to me too close for comfort story uh, my friend michael is here she is from phoenix arizona and she's gonna tell us about essentially her hometown murder but boy howdy is she prepared she's got a <laughs> what is that detective the kid girl kid detective oh nope nope you know my head just went to we both know the name yes whatever she's got she's got a notebook full of notes and she's got like seven pictures and it's gonna be great i'm very excited and now i get to sit here while she tells the story at me and i'm very excited about it I love that in my head I immediately went to, because it's a three-part name, I'm pretty sure, so I went to Juna B. Jones, and I was like, no, that's not right, and I went, Susan B. Anthony, of course, and I was like, that's also not right. She had a composition notebook. Susan B. Anthony definitely had a composition notebook. (laughs) Okay, so my two close for comfort story is a hometown murder, but it's a hometown murder that happened... So long ago. This happened in the 1930s. And yes. We were all there. We were all present, which is crazy. <laughs> uh, and the 1930s in Arizona feels like it would have just all been a bunch of cowboys. But now these cowboys have gotten smarter at the beginning of the 19th century. Now they know um, what pinstripe suits are. I was going to say what a pinstripe is. They know what a pinstripe is. <laughs> um, they know what money, money laundering is. They know what... Um, they know what a uh, bootleg is. They know what uh, how to not be prohibitionists, um, and they sure as hell know how to build a, a building. I think there are like ten buildings in Arizona that are all built by uh, Frank Lloyd Wright. Uh, the only one that I think at this time. Is... Wait, he has like a famous architect son, right? Yeah, I think so. Why have I like just heard about this? Frank Lloyd Wright, like a bunch. Or just Did in, like... Did he have anything to do with Silicon Valley? I don't think so. No. Are you sure? I just watched a documentary on Can Theranos, you... and... Pause this. We have to watch this now. We... <laughs> I don't know. Frank Lloyd Wright was very much, like, um, he was... 
front of the movement for Art Deco mm-hmm. during the 1930s, mm-hmm. um, which was very much, like, about fauvism and very much into very, like, rich and rare product. So, like, ivory, yeah. animal pelts, really intense, ugly-ass colors, um, and I very... just watched something with this in it. Like, Bullshit. almost verbatim to what you just said almost so this feels like deja vu okay this is weird, weird. continue side note send that to me okay <laughs> i don't know what it is <laughs> i know so 1930s they do all these bad things really well because they all thought they were hot shots because i believe it was the it was the biggest city between albuquerque and la yeah during this time and they had pinstripes and they had pinstripes holy fuck and they were sweating their balls off yeah it's very hot there it's always been it's an as uh what is it peggy hill says it is uh, a monument to man's arrogance (laughs) (laughs) love her peggy love her peggy (laughs) so uh during this time uh everyone's kind of getting their shit together uh, including my very own murder, uh, the trunk murderess, yes. Winnie Ruth Judd. Uh, we'll start... Wait! Wait, what? What? <laughs> you, okay. Tell I'm an more. idiot because I didn't put that together. What? When we had the first take and you were like, the trunk murderess, and I didn't even think about it being a woman murderer. Oh, and yeah. And then you said Winnie, whatever her name was, I was like, so cute, we love her. Like, because I love the name Winnie, but she's, she's a murderess! As oh my the song goes, she's a lady. She's, <laughs> she's a, a lady. Whoa, whoa, whoa. She's a lady. <laughs> okay. So, uh, Winnie, of course, is born unassumingly as a lovely uh, daughter to a preacher and his wife mm-hmm. in 1905 in Oxford and or Darlington, Indiana, in case you want to get really specific about it. At me if you want. I don't care. Uh, her early years are very low key. Mm-hmm. Grammar school maybe has a friend or two. Goes to church a lot. Speculating. Speculating. <laughs> uh, until the big event, which is her marriage to uh, Doctor William C. Judd, who is naturally twenty two years her senior. Um, uh, it's nasty, but isn't it normal-ish for that time? It makes sense because at this time, I mean, when you get married off, like, you're still technically losing money at a certain point. You know, like, you have to pay for the wedding, so yeah. in the hopes of marrying her off rich means that you will reap the rewards of a doctor's finances, so to speak. Is this when they were doing the, I'll offer you... A pig for your daughter? I don't think they're going to do dowries at this time, okay. but there still kind of is like a buy-off. Right. Kind of. Mm. Um, that being said, uh, <laughs> Dr. Judd was not a good doctor. Kind of sucked. Mm. Um, and Also, name a good doctor in 1905. Or 19-whatever-year-to-sit. Uh, this year is to sit. absolutely <laughs> valid. <laughs> they only had rubbing alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> rubbing alcohol and a shit ton of barbiturates. Yeah. Um... So, his whole thing is when he spoke to Winnie, he's like, oh, I'd love to go adventuring with you. Like, I want you to be at my side and we'll go around. How old is she? She's 19. Yeah. And by adventuring, he means northern Mexico. And by activities, he means consistently uh, injecting morphine. He was a morphine addict due to an injury he had procured. That's not an activity I would pick out of a hat. (laughs) 
I mean, it's a random hat. At a certain point, I, someone's got to draw it. I guess. Someone's got the morphine. So, uh, he, he became addicted to morphine because of an injury he procured in the War of 1918, which sounds so wrong to even... Like, it's just... I don't... Who fought in that war? To know that he fought in that war and then married her at night... This is all wrong. Anyway... So they do indeed move to northern Mexico, mm-hmm. um, where I think that was in 1924. It is because I wrote it down. <laughs> um, and of course, to break up the monotony of injecting morphine when he becomes pregnant twice, but miscarries twice. So that was a bummer. It's a hard time for Winnie. Is he injecting morphine in her? No, I don't. Just in himself. Yeah, why would an addict want to? I don't know, I just like, come and join this thing with me. I guess that's true. You want to share the experience. But no, I think she politely declined. Right. She's like, "Mm, I'm a preacher's daughter. Yeah. Mm, Sometimes that's the opposite, though. (laughs) (laughs) This is also true. I mean, uh, yeah, okay. So, uh, she miscarries and suffer, begins suffering from uh, tuberculosis. Bad times. She is struggling. Good thing she's married to a doctor. Good thing she's married to morphine. Who then sends her off to a sanatorium in California. No. Yeah, he's like, goodbye. (laughs) I am a bad doctor. Um, And so she recovers, which is wonderful, uh, and attempts to rejoin her husband in Mexico. People recovered from tuberculosis? From the symptoms. Oh, okay. So it's like you're functioning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you're not totally dead. Um, you're not dead down. <laughs> you're not totally dead. You're not totally dead. Um, attempts to reconnect with her husband in Mexico. She lives there for a little bit. But, of course, the resources in Mexico at the time, much like the rest of the U.S., were not suitable for someone with tuberculosis. Oy. And so she began showing symptoms again. Just wasn't working out. out. And she was like, you know what? I'm a bounce. I'm a bounce and try and get myself all squared away. I'm a bounce. I'm a bounce. <laughs> and where else to go but to Phoenix, Arizona. Hey. Which is crazy because at this time, Arizona was very popular along with Colorado um, for tuberculosis patients because of the air. Something to do with that dry, high oh. air made for whatever happening to not be as prevalent. Right. Um, so a lot of people from the Midwest were like, we're headed out west so I can breathe. And I was like, that's a weird reason, but sure. Mm -hmm. So very common. There's a history lesson for you. There you go. You got TB, head to Arizona. (laughs) It's gonna suck. (laughs) I mean, I don't know about now. (laughs) (laughs) Don't go there. It's bad. The smog is terrible. Um, (laughs) so in 1930, uh, she moves to Phoenix, Arizona on her own while her husband is still in Mexico, Mm -hmm. hoping to reconnect with her. Um, she procures a job as a governess, uh, to the wealthy Lay Ford family, um, which is a position she was really into. She liked caring for kids. She had a good time. And it didn't hurt that her neighbor was pretty hot, turns out. Oh. Um, her neighbor. Not really missing that husband anymore, are you? Just saying. <laughs> you know, you're a preacher's daughter in a big city. And you just <laughs> you want survived to tuberculosis twice. Twice. <laughs> you're kind of thinking of some other opportunities. <laughs> So she's ready. She's she also looked um, one of the things that she was known for. She had a very similar appearance to that of, I believe, Norma Shearer, 
who was a famous actress yeah, at the time. Totally know that. <laughs> I had to look it up. I have no idea. Um, but was she was very prevalent and as like a like a sexually liberated, like very oh, like va va voom kind of actress scandal. during the nineteen thirties. And by that, you know what nineteen thirties sexuality looks like? Yeah, it's, ankles. Oh, ankles. <laughs> ankles. <laughs> Uh, so, but she had a very similar appearance, so by the time she showed up in Phoenix, she's turning a lot of heads. She's like, ooh, hi. I survived tuberculosis. Hello. (laughs) Let me tell you about my TV. (laughs) And everyone's all like, my sister has it, I know. (laughs) So her name... Now they're in Jersey. (laughs) All of a sudden, we're on the other side. (laughs) I'm sure half of the people are from Jersey in Phoenix just trying to kill off TV. They're like, we're we're struggling out here. So her neighbor is Jack Holleran, um, who is, I think, either one half or one third of a famous lumber company oh. uh, called the Holleran Bennett Lumber Company. If you haven't heard of it, that might be foreshadowing. Uh, so, so he, uh, would casually chat with her as she tended for the kids and just did, you know, nanny shit. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that also being said, Holleran was known as kind of a womanizer. He had a wife and three kids, but he was also a bigwig with deep pockets and kind of just quote-unquote worked late at the office as many men did at the time Uh, so um they would casually talk and flirt and their affair eventually began christmas eve of 1930 can you not wait a couple of days yeah exactly she literally i think she moves and within six months is like Hello. Bone in the hot neighbor. Exactly. Hot married neighbor. That also being said, her husband's 22 years, her senior. Let me tell you, he's not a hot doctor. He's not good or hot. There's no McSteamy here. Is that his name? Decided. Decided. Is that his name? I don't think that's his real name. I've never seen the show. I have no idea. McSteamy. I think his nickname was McDreamy. (laughs) Was it really? But I think they should have gone with McSteamy for sure. <laughs> McSteamy would be in Phoenix, though. I'm literally only thinking of, like, what does that look like on a McDonald's menu? A McSteamy? Like a super... Is it a steamed egg? Because gross it's as not fuck. real. I know, but okay. I want to know. I want to create it in my head. You and your eggs. <laughs> in my... that's, the, that's the 60th way to make an egg. I love Damn straight. Damn Skippy. I'm sending that into Bon Appetit. Damn Skippy. Damn Skippy. So, of course, she's feeling hot and bothered, super glam. Right, Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve. And she's like, what better way to celebrate baby Jesus than... Bone in my hot neighbor. Bone in my hot neighbor. My hot married neighbor. <laughs> who has deep pockets. The hell? And he's a Dr. McSteamy. <laughs> no, that's the other one. No, it's not. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> this guy is not a doctor. No doctor. No. No. He likes lumber. <laughs> so, of course, she's all like, I'm liberated. I'm loving what I'm doing. But I, you know, I just want to, I want to step out and see what the world has for yeah. a quote unquote uh, liberated woman. Right, right. Who's very clearly in married. In the 1930s. In the 1930s. I would love to know what that was like. <laughs> <laughs> Ankles. <laughs> yeah. Ankles. 
So she applies uh, for a position as a secretary in the mm-hmm. first private medical clinic in Phoenix, which was Grunau Clinic. No idea what that is now. Okay. I'm not familiar with it. It's a dive bar. It's probably a dive <laughs> bar now. It's somewhere off of Roosevelt Row. Um, Local uh, references. <laughs> dropping bombs. <laughs> Uh, she applied as, like, a typist. Yeah. Um, weirdly, side note, super side note that I just learned, a lot of medical professionals nowadays in 2019 will still use typewriters to drop their documents because there's no way of, um, digital, of, of, um, like, losing digital privacy. Right. So I was like, I had no idea... There's still people that are completely literate on a typewriter right. for the sake of not having to deal with the internet. So I did a clinical internship class in high school, and we got to go to different like clinics and stuff and parts of the hospital and units, and we would see our patients, like shadow the doctor and the nurses or whatever, and then we'd do our clinical report at the end. But I watched... Probably, I think twice I've seen a medical professional use a typewriter. Holy shit. And then, for the most part, it's doctors that sit in front of a laptop and talk into a headset and it types out for them. That's crazy. So, like, polar opposite. Yeah, there's one person who's all like, I need to keep my Hippocratic Oath. And the other person who's like... like Please just scan my brain so yeah, I can get to the next. They're like, Google, yeah. get in on this. Yeah. <laughs> 23 and Me, hang out. I don't think they use Google, but... <laughs> <laughs> Google Translate. Here we go. I'm sure it's a sophisticated software. <laughs> okay. Um, so yeah, side note. I just learned that from my uh, typewriter enthusiast friend. Oh. Yeah. Love that. Fun fact. So, she applies as a typist, mm-hmm. uh, has never typed in her life before, is a huge liar, but they're like, you're pretty, we'll hire you. It's usually how it goes. Uh, I wish it still went that way. Really <laughs> nice. Um, so she takes evening classes to become proficient in typing, mm. um, and so that she can get a bigger paycheck. Yeah, I get it. Um, here she meets her two good friends, mm-hmm. friends, friends. I don't know how to say <laughs> words. She meets her two good friends, Anne Leroy and. Hedvig or Sammy Samuelson. What great names. They're wow. very, yes. All around. Big and bold. I love a good love big bold name. Love the names. So, uh, Anne Leroy is a divorcee yes, of is. 32, an x-ray technician from Oregon. Whoa! So Tie-in. Connections. We're in Oregon right now. That's yeah. In case you're curious. <laughs> Um, Here's my address. <laughs> <laughs> you want to come find us? Here we are. Uh, and then Sammy Samuelson, 24, was previously a teacher in North Dakota and was taking time off. Um, she was taking time off because she also had TB um, and had traveled to Phoenix with Anne so that she could experience some relief. Right. That makes sense. Oh, wow. I get it. Wow. Um, they meet in Alaska. They're like, let's move so you can breathe. I like this idea. And we'll do some stuff. Um, Good friend. They lived at 2929 North 2nd Street mm-hmm. uh, in Phoenix, Arizona. I can say that because it is a historical building and no one currently lives in it. So there can't someone be someone a- buy it? I think someone already owns it, oh. and they have they are preserving it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Currently, there was a huge argument where 
that entire neighborhood's experiencing a lot of development. Mm -hmm. And the owners are like, you cannot demolish this. I swear to God, if you do, I will also murder you. Right. Do not. This and, house will be extra haunted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It will be super duper haunted. <laughs> um, super duper. Uh, weirdly enough, this neighbor, this house is in a neighborhood that is very, is well known for kind of like independent artists. Mm-hmm. Um, like, just like community. Like now or back in the 19th? Right okay, now. Yeah. Back in the day, it was just a shit ton of right. working people right um which it's still working people but there is a lot of um there are a lot of bars a lot of histor- historical stuff and right. it's just like a cool thing to look at um and then turns out they met at the clinic but they also didn't live that far away i what judd says is that it's like a trolley's right away it's like a mile and a half oh so you can just walk there yeah um so they're hanging out, and Judd, um, I say Judd, but it's Winnie. Winnie's having the freaking time of her life. She is about it. She's got her man on the side. She's got her two good friends. Yeah, she's, she's got plays, a husband in Mexico. She's got a husband in Mexico that's probably sending her money. <laughs> um, she's probably drinking and playing bridge right. and just like living the lifestyle. Um, she introduces Jack. To her two friends maybe two months later sometime in February um her idea of the relationship was that it was a very her being a little naive mm-hmm. being like a very like ah oh, like very love centric and Halloran's just looking for a way to get into someone's pants yeah so if that means lying sure whatever right so when she introduces him to her two also gorgeous medical friends, he's like, how D? Yeah. And the girls who live there know what he's on about, too. And they're like, yeah, sure, you're cute. We'll hang out with you for a price. So he often brings bootleg liquor and showers them with gifts and money. All of them? All of them. Mm, not quite all of them. I would have said that, but... uh. Anne for sure, Sammy for sure, um, but Ruth is really committed to, like, this idea of, like, oh, he doesn't have to buy me because he loves me and it's not... And Ruth is Winnie? Yes, okay. pardon me. Everyone has a different name. <laughs> um, and Winnie's just all like, you don't have to buy me because we're in love. And right. he's all like, cool, I don't have to spend money on you. Right. That's great. Sounds great. Um, and so... Anne and Sammy are kind of taking advantage of it Mm -hmm. um, and are like, yeah, whatever to pay for whatever we need, whether it be new clothes or whatever, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And so it's pretty easygoing for Winnie and her two gal pals. Right. Probably up until, I would say, September. Sometime in early summer, uh, Anne has to go back to Oregon for divorcee reasons. Right. Um, and <laughs> my first thought was like, she's on a tennis team. She has to go. Absolutely. But I don't know. What that We're competing. Like. <laughs> it's the championship. It's the doubles tournament. <laughs> it's the doubles tournament. <laughs> um. So at that time. She had set aside financials to help um, with Sammy since Sammy wasn't really working at the time. Mm -hmm. Sammy's just like 
she's got the butt end of the deal on that TV scenario. So mm-hmm. she's like, can't really work that much. Right. Um, and then they're trying to get Anne back to Oregon. So she's kind of sacrificing herself financially a little bit for some of her well-being. Mm-hmm. At the same time, her mom's kind of sick. So she's sending money back home. And she's probably getting a little bit from her husband. But again, limited communication because she's also fucking another man. Right. Um, so... Anne's in Oregon until September. During the time that she's gone, Winnie's like, Sammy, why don't I just move in with you? And, like, we just live together. And then we can save some money. And, like, yeah, let's just hang out. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're over here anyway all the time, right? Right. Sammy's like, yeah, absolutely. Let's totally do this. So she moves in um, during that period. Anne comes back. Um, and is kind of comfortable. She, like, comes back with, like, a brand new wardrobe. She's looking good. Damn. And when she he's... She won like, the tournament. She won that damn tournament. Yeah, that doubles tournament. <laughs> yeah. Way to go. And Winnie's kind of pissed. Oh. Winnie's all like, That wait, her friend's doing so well? Yeah, and she's like, <clears throat> wait, I feel like I kind of sacrificed myself a little bit financially for some, for right. some caretaking here, and... You're coming back looking pretty comfortable. Why don't we share the wealth? And, of course, at this time, Winnie is still Preacher's daughter. Mm -hmm. So all she has to say goes right up in her chest. She's like, I'm not. I'm going to keep that on lockdown. (laughs) And uh, which we all know is a bad decision. So bad. That's why they go to therapy. That's why. And that doesn't exist in the 1930s. No, it doesn't. No. Not at all. So taboo. So, um... At this time, Anne's back. The whole, now they're all living together. All three ladies. And Jack's coming around. And they're, you know, doing their thing or whatever. Um, And so it gets a little frustrating after a while for Winnie. She's not having a good time. She's pretty envious. She's starting to notice that Anne's doing this thing where she, like, kind of is like, Hey, Jack, how are you? Kind of all up on him, but also in front of Winnie. And Winnie's like, I'm not comfortable with that. Right. And especially when Jack leaves, Anne explains, she's all like, I don't care about him. He's whatever, but I love his wallet. It's amazing. And she's like, ah, you know, she will, she'll work him up for a little bit of cash. Um, and Winnie is offended because what they have is so special. Right. Right. She's uh, rolling her eyes so hard. So <laughs> hard. So hard. My eyeballs are practically out of my sockets. <laughs> so come about October, very beginning of October, mm-hmm. Winnie's like, you know what? I'm done. You know, I'm going to move back to my own house. It sounds like we need to, we need to have some separation. Right. Yeah, I'm not into it. Um, so she moves back to her spot, which is, like, on Brill Street. Honest to God, never heard of this street. Oh, I was Still like... there. Side note. <laughs> wow. Wow. Um, at this time, she's also explaining that she's having trouble sleeping, and so she's taking something called Luminol. Not to be confused with Luminol with an O, it's Luminol oh, Okay. I was like, whoa. Yeah, you're like, wait, that's not supposed to be ingested. No. <laughs> Do not eat it. <laughs> um, and Luminol with an A is a barbiturate that today, something along those lines is used as like an anti-seizure medication. Oh, whoa. But at the time right. was also used as a sleep medication. Okay. Um, and in the 1930s, 
barbiturates. Pill popping was a good time. It was entertaining. Anything to get you high. Um, and I mean, it was something to do. It was something. What the fuck else are you mean, supposed to do? No. Match pinstripes? Like, that's boring. <laughs> fuck that. Um, so she was taking some luminol for her insomnia. And at one point, even Hollerin had questioned her. I'd noticed the bottle on her nightstand or something. It was like, are you taking this quote unquote dope? Um, because it was a dope. Because <laughs> apparently it was very much, um, it was not considered, God, Mari. Jesus, she's all like, so push me. Get the fuck off. Hey. So, it was, Luminol was like, it was considered, it was still questionable. It was prescription, um, but it was still like you can this is used for dope fiends yeah. at the time. Um let's see. So for luminol, some of the side effects is very much directed to your central nervous system and can cause um dizziness, involuntary eye movements, lack Ew. of voluntary muscle coordination, kind of like an abnormal gait or a change in speech. Um and especially as you kind of start, like, if you start using it more, um, you it's noticeable. Um, that being said, that doesn't really tie into the future events that we'll get into shortly. Whoa. Um, so some things are going down. She's coming off that, that edge of having to deal with her friends and kind of butting heads. Yeah. And she's living in her own place. And probably two weeks out, she explains in her journal that she's all like 10 out of the 14 days that I've been gone from this house Jack has come to see see me and you know probably have sex and that's it right um and so she's like he's in love with me blah blah that's a lie um (laughs) then we get now we're probably so we're two weeks out and that's when it gets weird okay the day starts on a Friday uh, she meets up with her friend Anne to go to lunch. Mm-hmm. They're having a grand old time. Anne's like, hey, come over tonight. Come play bridge tonight. Does Anne like, pick up the tab? Uh, <laughs> I bet you it was over mayo sandwiches that they made. Yeah. Like, you, I'm <laughs> telling you. Uh, and so, so she's like, come play bridge. We're going to have Evelyn over tonight. It's going to be fun. Evelyn. Evelyn. We're going to, we love her. Um, and... Winnie's kind of just like, you know, uh, I have plans. I appreciate it, but I'm just, I'm busy. I have plans. And, um, and those plans are, she's supposed to go out to dinner with Jack. Uh-huh. And so she's up late that night, um, waiting on Jack, waiting on Jack, waiting on Jack. Oh, no. And he never shows. Oh, no, She's Jack. fucking pissed. Oh, she's yeah. like, you've got to be shitting me. All during this while, during her weird insomnia bouts, as you read in her journal, she's more and more focused on that taunting that Anne has been doing t- with Jack being like, oh, hey. Like, that's like the one thing she can't she shake. She cannot let it go. And that's so terrifying. I'm like, wow, you are a woman with a drive. <laughs> and she just is like, it plagues me. It plagues me. I can't let it go. It's what keeps me up at night. She goes, I don't think about it in the daytime. I don't think about it in the morning, but it's just in the later night. She gets quote unquote wild thoughts. Whoa. And you're like, what the, f- what even, what are your wild thoughts? We'll find out shortly. Oh, no. So, directly from her confession, 
she says that she's had it. She's like, I can't, I can't stand it. I'm just furious. I can't. Um, and she takes a, a 25 Winchester, I believe. A gun. No. In case anyone... She takes a gun. I was like, is this another street? Yeah. She takes a gun. She takes 25 Winchester she, down to all, I-40. All, to the, all the way to the I-14. <laughs> takes that for 40 miles. Um, takes her gun, takes a knife, and walks over to the girl's house. Oh, no. Which I feel like is a 0 to 125 miles an hour if Very you quickly. ever... Very quickly. Also, two weapons. Right. Two weapons. Pick one. Just in case. You have two hands. You yeah. need a free hand. Just, you know, for a nice gate. Or if someone's like, what's in your hand? And you're like, what, this? <laughs> yeah. The empty hand. Swap it behind your back. Yeah. What? Oh, empty hand. Both. Oh. <laughs> no one can see what we're doing. <laughs> She's trying to just... fool a baby. <laughs> yeah. Who, <Huh? laughs> like, huh? has no idea of object permanence. No. It's all like, oh, it's gone. It's a shiny thing. <laughs> so, she, uh... She goes over there, mm-hmm. and I. She explains that she didn't really have the intention of killing, but she was just so riled up. Woof. And so she puts her shoes next to the back door. She puts the knife next to the back door, and kind of creeps around to the porch and just kind of sits there listening to the conversation between anne and uh sammy so they're inside and she's sitting outside listening outside listening with her shoes off and her knife by the door yeah what exactly that's so premeditated yes (laughs) so she is sitting there listening to the conversation the bridge game's over evelyn's gone home and they're kind of chatting is there really an evelyn there oh there's absolutely no there's absolutely an evelyn (laughs) yes in the diary it's not like evelyn will be at bridge i thought that's just the person you made up no and you just stuck with a classic name (laughs) no evelyn is there read my notes read all my notes everyone this is my notebook um, Evelyn's gone home, and now they're kind of winding down for bed. One account says that they're sharing gossip over a hot glass of milk, yeah. which I think Ew. is... <laughs> I was like, yeah, they are nasty hot milk. Wait. Which kills me because I'm like, spill the tea, sis, but now it's spill the milk. It's hot. Spill milk. the hot milk. But also, we steam milk every day. Why does that sound so gross <laughs> when people are just sipping on hot How milk? have you not ever put down a 16-ounce mocha in front of someone and been like, here's your 16 ounces of cow juice. I can't do it. And a two-ounce pour of espresso. Yeah. And they're like, mmm, yum. Yeah. Shut it down. It's the sugar. Do not. So we're all just grown babies. I just... What year is this? 19, it's still 1930. It is 1930. Right now it's 1930s because we're watching people drink hot tea, hot milk. Not but even bigger. tea. Not even tea. Hot milk and bigger. <laughs> Ew. The, I just, the fact of bonding over hot milk is just so. Right? Odd. Also, they're in like their 30s by now, right? Like yeah, early yeah. 30s. Sammy's probably 25 and, um, and like 30. 32 or something, 33? Okay, water. Or an alcohol. Hydrate. Or bootleg liquor. Yeah. Jack brought you, you some. You got moonshine there, don't you? Yes, probably in your tub. It's somewhere. Enjoy. <laughs> hot milk. <Okay. laughs> you know what we should do. Spill the hot milk. We are Protestant. <laughs> hot milk. Uh, so they're kind of just having, like, their hot goss over hot the hot milk. Ew. Fucking gross. <laughs> we can't keep talking about hot milk, though. Okay, keep going. So, 
And they start talking about a friend that uh, Winnie had introduced to Jack. And they're kind of pissed about. And I believe her name is... Oh, my God. And also, she brought in a new friend, and they're like, hey, no new friends. Mm-hmm. Lucille Moore is her name. Yes, And Lucille names. also works at the... She also works at the clinic. And they're like, let me tell you, I heard she's being treated for syphilis. And so Who, now... Lucille? Lucille. Girl. And they know the game that Jack is playing. So they're like, that is bullshit. She's going to get us all sick because she's going to get in his pants. Because that's what he fucking wants because he's right. a man. So he does. So they're not really into this idea. They're really freaked out. And they're criticizing Winnie for not, for not experiencing the forethought. Um, that also being said, Winnie does not care, because she doesn't, I mean, she's all like, first of all, Hippocratic Oath, good for you, Winnie. That also being said, she's like, he only loves meat, and he's only ever sleeping with me. So she's mad that her one friend, Anne from Oregon, is, like, giving him the flirty eyes, when it's known that he goes around talking to everyone, and... Exactly. Like, she introduces new females to him. Right, but like in the here's my friend thinking that she's like you're not going to get in her right. pants cuz she's so naive. Poor baby. Oh, Poor honey. baby. Oh. What is she now? Maybe oh. 20, maybe 21. Wait. Oh my gosh. She's the baby of the group. She's the baby of the gr- Well, that's not true. Hold on. She was married at 19. That was in 1924 and then 1930. Okay, so she's 25. Okay. Yeah, I was kind of an idiot at 25. I'm 27, and I'm still an idiot. (laughs) Um, So, she's still kind of sitting sitting out there, waiting for them to go to bed. Mm -hmm. She hears them go to bed. Creepy. Uh, Yes. She's out there all night? Yes. And so... waiting for them to finish their hot milk? Their hot milk. Put your hot milk in the sink and go to bed, ladies. And then they went straight to the bathroom. And they go, well, (laughs) by the sounds of it, as she recounts in her confession, she's like... She crawls through the unlocked front door after they've gone to bed with what? the gun in her hand. Crawls through? Yeah. Or, like, goes through. Like I'm picturing, like, a doggy door. I know, <laughs> she right? She just crawls through the doggy she door. She just crawls through the doggy door. Um, and she just sits on the couch in the dark with her gun. No. Yes. She's like a dad waiting for his daughter to come home. With a gun, though. <laughs> yeah. Terrifying. So, she says she just sits there and goes in and out of sleep after, I believe she had taken Lumen all that night. She had taken a pretty big dose. Um, and she's like, but I keep waking up because I keep hearing Sammy go to the bathroom. It's that hot milk, honey. Oh, Don't do that. Yeah. Yes. So she's, like, kind of waking up, going back to sleep, waking up, going to sleep. And she goes, I finally completely wake up when I hear the milkman show up. She goes, now I hear everyone's kind of starting. And this kind of weird that she's in the house. And she's, like... And she stayed there all night. She stayed there all night. Just on the couch, just kind of, like, sleeping here and there. Um, also... I mean, it's obviously ballsy, because anyone can walk downstairs at any time. Exactly. Yeah. She doesn't know. Maybe someone else needs another hot clack glass of milk. Clack. Hot clack of milk. <laughs> wow. So, she's panicking. She's like, oh my god, I'm in a bad scenario. I've gotten myself into a bad scenario. Yeah. 
Um, I don't know what to do with it. I'm furious. I'm, I have so many feelings. I'm 25. <laughs> and so... Well, summer period. <laughs> I'm, I'm probably cycling right now. I'm just having a time. And so she hears Sammy go to the bathroom once more. And she makes a split, just like a split second decision. And she goes into Anne's room and shoots her point blank. My mouth is open open whoa just point blank while she's sleeping what a feel and she says sammy from the bathroom goes and what broke and so she comes out of the bathroom and sees winnie standing over Anne, and she's like what in tarnation and Anne was just asleep and Anne was just asleep or like was maybe in like early groggy like (sighs) i'm getting there but was just asleep and so Sammy gets the gun out of Winnie's hand. Winnie, like, does not fight at all because she is trying to process the gravity of the situation. What she just done. Yes. And Sammy is all like, you need to get, with the gun, of course, you need to get out of this house right now. You're fucking crazy. Like, get gone. Um, and so Ruth's like, just give me the gun. I'll shoot myself. Like, ah, in her whole... Um, She's so over it. Yeah. And Sammy's like, get out of the house right now. Get out of the house. Um, and so Winnie runs out of the house, grabs the knife. Because it's outside of the porch. Because it's outside of the porch and runs back inside. No, like a, Yes. Like a crazy person. And Sammy's like, good fucking God. So then a tussle ensues. Sammy's just like, I have to just had to pee. I just had to pee. And so. I bet she's in like a nightgown too. Oh, yeah. Aww. You know it. Maybe a hat. Mm, maybe. Okay. Maybe. I wonder if it was kind of chilly. So they have like those little capes. Like a shawl? Yeah. This is okay. a weird turn. You're <laughs> right in the middle of the thing. Mm, who knows? She got the knife from the porch. She got the knife from the porch. There's a tussle. She's trying to get the gun. She stabs Sammy in the shoulder. Oh, fuck. And then a couple shots go off. The first shot goes through Winnie's hand. Ooh. Because so, she's trying to grab it. She's like, fuck. Uh, don't grab it from the barrel. Well, pro tip, pro tip, 25 year old Protestant child, <laughs> um, preacher's daughter, don't grab the gun. <laughs> preacher's daughter, Pre- that's the new hit single, preacher daughter, don't grab the gun. <laughs> yeah. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> Someone's going to edit that out. <laughs> Please make that happen. Uh, so the gun gets jammed uh, and they fall to the floor, are still struggling. The gun goes off. This time with Sammy's finger on the trigger and into Sammy's chest. <gasps> and so... Wait, Sammy's finger? Sammy's finger into Sammy's chest because of the misdirection. So she must... Something must have happened just... And there it was. So oh, she's like... Fuck. She's out on the floor. Oh, no. I don't know if she's dead at this at this point. I don't think she is. Like, unless it was in the middle of the heart, which I wasn't able to find... I wasn't able to find, like, direct... autopsy notes yeah but i bet you she's still just on the floor being like uh and now winnie's just standing there going uh now they're both like one's dead they're both making the same noise yeah (laughs) they're harmonizing Mm. (laughs) Uh. Uh, i hate it so in winnie's confession this happens at about 6 37 a.m on saturday morning oh my god everyone Um, should be asleep still Oh, yeah, everyone should totally. Winnie should have gone to bed. (laughs) Winnie should have gone to bed. Damn it. Uh, 
And at about that time, she's like, I don't, I gotta figure something out. I gotta, oh, I don't know what I'm gonna do. Um, so she drags Sammy's body into the bathroom, mm. and then she gets a steamer trunk from the garage. And well, stuffs, is that just like a trunk trunk? It's just like a huge trunk. Okay. Um, I'm just like not picturing what a steamer trunk is. I don't know what it looks like. I think it means big. Steamer probably means big. <laughs> big old trunk. Uh, and she stuffs Anne into a trunk in the living room. And that's it. There's no blood cleanup, nothing. Just stuffs her in the trunk. And then calls her work, tries to get it off. They're like, yeah, you're still going to need to come in. Because you know she's not like, hi, I just shot my friends. You know, she's like, oh, I'm just not feeling well. And they're like, you're hungover. You still have to come in. And then she goes to work. No. With a fucking gun wound in her hand. Where's Sammy? Sammy's dead in the bathroom. She dragged her into the bathroom. Okay. Sammy's body's in the bathroom. Anne's is in the trunk. And so... And Winnie is at work with a bullet through her hand. With a bullet through her hand, poorly bandaged, and is trying to hide it literally the entire time. Which it's like... And she's like a secretary, right? Oh, yeah. So she's like typing one-handed? <laughs> yeah. And then and, like knocking over the, the thing. <laughs> the other hand's like behind her back. Yeah. You're like, what's this new trick? Yeah, this is an interesting trick. Um, she tells the supervisor that Anne's not going to be in today. She's just not feeling well. She tries to get in contact with Anne or they, whoever the supervisor is. Oh. I don't want to gender. Uh. So they try. They're like, where's Anne? Where's Anne? Where's Anne? And goes to the house twice. Who the, does? The supervisor. Did they go in? No. Because n- nothing happens. They probably knocked on the door. No one answered and was like, guess they're not home. And then they go back to work. And they do it one more time and then they go back to work. So, at this point, Winnie's just trying to get through her fucking day. She's just trying to get through her day. She's hidden both the knife and the gun in a purse in Anne's locker. Not her own, but in Anne's locker. At work? At work. And so, at about 2.30 at work, she begins writing a a lesbian. (laughs) She begins... Slip of the tongue. Left turn. But that's also, that ties in later. <laughs> uh, so at 2.30, begins writing a letter to her husband um, at the office and is probably trying to meet up with him. The Mexico husband? The Mexico husband, which, side note, has briefly stopped in Phoenix for like a month and then is like, I have another gig in LA and is now moved to LA. Did he ever see her? Like very briefly. Oh, okay. Hilariously enough, Jack, her side fling, yeah. and him become pretty chummy. Wow. <laughs> um, but that whole relationship will come into the secondary part oh of the story. Oh my god, so many levels. Layers. Like, this is an onion of a story, let me tell you. This is an onion of a story. Onion of a story. Okay, she's at work. 12.30, writes a letter to her husband about like, I love you, I'm probably going to come and see you. For some reason, right. who knows? Uh, 4.30, she goes home. She takes the gun and the knife and everything. Uh, but before going to the house on 2nd Street where mm-hmm. her dead friends are, um, she goes home and feeds the cat. Just real quick. I mean... She's like, I can't... I can take two lives, but I can't take three. Oh my god. I get it. I get it. And so... And then goes to... Goes to the girl's house. Um, and sneaks in through the bathroom window at about 6 p.m. So that no one can really see her. Right. Um, she tries to lift Sammy from the bathroom into the trunk, um, but she's too heavy. So she's trying to put Anne and Sammy in the same trunk? In the same trunk. Ew. <laughs> yep. 
And then she's like, but she's too heavy, so what better way no. to lift a body than to break it down into pieces? As you were saying that, I was like, wait, I just remember the picture she showed me. Mm-hmm. Oh. And so here's the thing in my head going is that she broke, she didn't want to break down Anne's body because she's pissed at her. She wants to chop up Sammy, who literally was just in the way. That death did not happen because, and as she writes this out in her confession, she's like, I didn't want to kill Sammy. She's like, I just wanted to kill Anne. Sammy just got in the way. And it was like, whoa. Okay. Whoa. So now she takes, quote unquote, her words, cheap knives from the kitchen and butchers up Sammy at the joints. How? What's a cheap knife? See? Exactly. This is where we're going to draw into this question in a few moments. So then she breaks it down into pieces and puts it in a trunk, calls a moving truck, um, and tries to get it to be dropped off at the train station so she can take a train to L.A. and get rid of the bodies. What would she do with the train in L.A. in the trunk? Well, she could try and get rid of it in the desert or something along Mm. those lines. Um, and it just gets her out of town real fast. Mm -hmm. The moving company is all like, there is too much stuff in this trunk. You need to break it down. We can't. They're like, do you want us to do it for you? And she's like, no, I got it. How about this? Why don't you just drop it off at my house? They're like, okay, that's a weird request, but I guess, okay. Why take it a mile away? (laughs) Sure. Um, (laughs) At the same time, she also knows in her head, she's like, I can't afford a ticket to L.A. I've maybe got $5 to my name. That being said, a ticket to L.A. was probably 7 so. <laughs> Me. Yeah. It's very, <laughs> same. Yeah, it's a very <laughs> weird conversion rate. So now we're into Saturday night. She says she sleeps with the trunk at the foot of her bed. And this is the same day? Uh, this is, so it started Friday oh, okay. afternoon. Yeah. And then the murders happened Saturday morning. Gotcha. And now we're into Saturday night. So right. we're at a full 24 hours. Damn. Um, and she sleeps with the trunk at the foot of her bed until about Sunday afternoon. Probably took a lot of luminol. Who knows? Um, she starts getting ready to go to L.A., trying to see if she can get it together again. And she starts breaking down the suitcase or the trunk into separate packages, like a hat box and a suitcase and, like, Things so it's not as heavy, so it doesn't look as suspicious. Wait, is she just putting different body parts into these other things? Oh, yeah. Oh, there's, like, an arm in a hat ba- in a hat box with the gun. And then there's, like, some... It's weird. This lady yeah. is in a full 180. Oh, in a full... She's in a state. She's all over the place. So, she gets it all together. Let me see. Okay, she gets it all together... Gets it, finally can get it moved to the train station where, I don't know how to phrase this because it's still baffling to me because I actually didn't find this out until after I completed all my notes and did my double check. Mm -hmm. She makes it through the Phoenix train station. No one questions it. That a lady has this massive trunk? With maybe some oozing body fluids. What's a trunk made of? Isn't it wood? Um, wood, maybe fabric, but leather. But something that would soak up, if you're not... I mean, whoa. a fresh, dead body made it through Phoenix somehow, somewhere about 24, after, after, 24 hours after she had 
killed them. And so they're still like, yeah, they're still expelling fluids. They are not. There's things happening. Makes it through the train station through Phoenix, and is just about scot free until she gets to L.A. and a train station attendant is like. What's going on? What's with, with your oozing trunk? What's now? with your bleeding trunks right now? And he's like, I'm gonna need you to open these right now. She digs through her purse and she looks at him and she's like, Oh, my husband has the keys and dips and just, just leaves it. Bails. Yeah. Bye. So then the train station attendant's like, Shit, she's not coming back. Right. right and right. calls over the police and is like, We need to get this figured out. And of course, upon discovery is one full-bodied corpse of a woman and one dismembered body of a corpse. And they're like, what the fuck? Who is this? They know of her name, but now Winnie has completely disappeared. She's in L.A. This is, like, at this time, like, in the 1930s, it is still a pretty big city for that time. Yeah, yeah. So she is able, from Sunday afternoon when she arrives in Mm L.A., um... Or, no, 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 pardon me. She starts Sunday afternoon. I believe she arrives in L.A. on sometime Monday. Um, Sometime Monday, she runs off, escapes to a sanatorium or to, like, a cottage. She kind of doesn't, she doesn't really specify where exactly she stayed because she was kind of always moving at a certain Mm -hmm. time. So she says she slept all day Tuesday, all day Wednesday, all day Thursday. Damn. And then finally turns herself over to the police on Friday. Whoa. So by the time she had, like, starting Friday of the week before to Friday now, it's been a whole week's ordeal of I've killed someone, now someone's found the dead bodies, now I don't know what to do. Now I'm just sleeping for four days. Right now I'm just sleeping for four days because I'm probably on luminol and I'm depressed and anxious and everything. Right. Well, you killed two people, so I mean... Right, exactly. <laughs> I would be a little depressed and anxious too if right. I killed two people. This is why I don't. Right. <laughs> this is why I don't. <coughs> so then, that being said, some people are a little baffled because this is a pretty crazy scenario. Uh, yeah. But how can a woman who's probably maybe 120 pounds, maybe, mm-hmm. like five foot five, maybe as tall as me, yeah, cut up a woman with kitchen knives with quote-unquote cheap kitchen knives and this is where it gets questionable yep there is a cover-up there's a cover-up okay so what actually happens or what we're very confident has happened is that rewind a whole week back to friday okay she ends up going out with Jack Holleran. It's not that he doesn't show up. He totally meets up with her. Okay, and right. they're going to go and hang out with Lucille more and do some whatever. But he forgets he has an engagement to meet with Sammy and fucking what's her face. Anne. Anne. There we go. He has an engagement to meet up with them. But at that time, when he's like, mm, I don't feel comfortable about this because I don't really want to hang out with them because I only want you to be with me and blah, 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 blah. Right. That whole thing. And Lucille. And Lucille. <laughs> Lucille's but she's, here. Yeah, but, but fuck Lucille. She has syphilis. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> so he's all like, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. Let's just go hang out. It'll be a good time. Blah, blah, blah. She's like, no, 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 no. Just park the car out. I don't want them to see me. Just go and run in and then we'll go do our thing. So, 
they he like runs by say says hello they have their evening and then she goes home and it's kind of just like put off or whatever Winnie does yeah Winnie sorry I was like I'm a little vague on this okay so Winnie's all like yeah it was just like a weird night just partying and he's still out drinking probably or whatever and I was just ready to go home and now she's like I'm gonna go hang out with my gal pals because I'm feeling a little weird about this Maybe she's realizing that Jack's a piece of shit. Right. So she does go over with Anne and Sammy, consciously knowing that she's there. Okay. They're like, hi, hello, it's good to see you. You just missed Bridge and Evelyn's gone, but we're glad to have you. Uh, and she's all like, yeah, just having a hard, you know, just having a hard time, blah, 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 blah. And back to their hot glasses of milk. Right. And they're also talking shit now. Where they're like, we just heard that Jack was going to go see Lucille Moore. That's interesting. And and, or, and Ruth is like, Winnie. <laughs> Winnie's like, yeah, of course. You know, why wouldn't I introduce him? That's just polite. And they're right. like, y'all, she's being treated for syphilis. Like, that's questionable. Why haven't you told him this? We all going to get syphilis. Yes. And then she's like, um, first of all, Hippocratic Oath. I'm currently holding up the Girl Scout, <laughs> the Girl Scout fingers right now. So. Hippocratic oath, and second of all, that's none of his business. Like, why does he care? And they're like, fucking Winnie, you dumb bitch. And they're like, you're an idiot. Somebody knocks over hot milk. Yeah, somebody (laughs) knocks over their hot milk. And so they're like, Winnie, you have to tell him or we're going to tell him. And she's like, well, if you tell him, I'm going to tell everyone that you're lesbians. And at the 1930s, it's not that it's offensive, it's that it's illegal. Homosexuality is hardcore illegal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That also being said, there is a strong suspicion that there is a, and this is a derogatory term at the time, they expressed it as queer love. Um, Because Anne was a little bit more, had stronger features, Mm -hmm. and their relationship that they had in the home of, like, Sammy not really being able to work, and... Um, and being more of the caretaker, mm-hmm. it was there were a lot of presumptions. Oh. That being said, there's not any physical evidence, right. and there's no presumption. Maybe we can ask them. Right, maybe Thank we you, can. Winnie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What do you, What do you think? <laughs> um, and so Winnie's like, I'm gonna tell everyone that you're lesbians, and then they're like, Okay, first of all, we're pissed. Not because we are or we aren't, but you're going to get us arrested and put us in right. jail. that's a totally different thing. Fuck that. Yeah. And they're like, fuck that. If you're going to say that, we're going to tell Dr. So-and-so at the clinic that you purposely broken an x-ray machine out of frustration. That is an incident that did happen at some point. Very, very low-key. It was like oh. weird and whatever happened. Yeah. But they're like, oh, if you're going to blackmail us, we'll blackmail you. They're just so trying to, everyone's just trying to one-up each other. Everyone's just screaming and freaking out. And so, um, that being said, it gets weird because someone shows up with a gun. It doesn't say exactly who but now it's a screaming match and i think that what from all of the collected pieces of evidence that i found all of them are different accounts but it's that winnie is now completely fed up and has set her hot glass of hot milk in the sink and has found the gun that is hers that she had previously left at the house when she moved out so she gets the gun from the house and it goes back into the room and is like, fuck this shit. And all the girls are like, oh my god, this bitch is crazy. Right, this right, is, right. Ah! Yeah, yeah. So then 
Anne grabs an ironing board and starts beating the shit out of Ruth. Uh, or out of Winnie. Winnie. <laughs> out of Winnie. I keep calling her Ruth. That's but she has she... a three-part name. Yeah, that's rough. The classic three-part name. Yeah. So she starts beating the shit out of Winnie out of self-defense. And right. Sammy at the same time is like, no, trying to wrestle this gun out of her hand. Oh. Again, two shots go off. One goes off in in um, Winnie's hand. Yeah. And the other goes into Sammy. And then Sammy's with a chest wound. And then she shoots Anne. She's able to, like, push away the ironing board and then shoots Anne. But they are both very much awake and very much conscious. Wait, um, even Anne after she got shot? Oh no, no, no! Like in because she actually shoots Sammy first, and then she shoots Anne. Right. Um. And so I don't think she. I don't think that they confirmed again. I couldn't find the autopsy reports in the first account. It was that she was shot in the head because it was point blank. Right. Now I think it was probably in the chest as well, or so somewhere the first vital. Part you told us was her confession. Was her written confession that was used to exonerate? Jack Halloran, because at this time, Halloran rolls up V drunk in a car and is like, what's up, my hoes? And there's blood everywhere. And Winnie's just standing there with a gun. And he's like, oh shit. And she's like, you have to help me. And he's like, baby girl, we're going to get this figured out. I don't know why I'm helping you out, but I guess I'm going to because I'm drunk and like, right. what the fuck and do I, I know? And I have deep pockets and pen drives. Yeah. And when has anyone ever said no to me anyway? Right. So he's all like, all right, here's what we're going to have you do. Um, He's like, I'm going to take care of it. I'm going to need you to go home and go to sleep. And so she goes home and goes to sleep. So the trunk is not at the foot of her bed. So he is like, now I have to figure out what to do with these bodies. And so how else would you get them stuffed into a trunk other than to start dismembering people? And so he calls in a favor to someone who owes him, a Mr. Dr. Brown. So, okay, so yeah. wait a minute. When yes. you showed me those pictures, yes. I was like, I didn't know anything about the story yet. She showed exactly. me these pictures, and it's just a body that is on a slab, but it's cut. And I was like, wow, those are very, like, clean lines. Yes. Wowzers. Exactly. And then you said she's cheap knives, and I was like... Whoa, she must have had a lot of adrenaline because those are very clean lines. Exactly. And to which then a lot of people state that they're like, there is no way in hell there's not enough drugs or force or anything, brute strength, to even create such a clean line. Dr. Brown. Okay, Dr. Brown. Tell me more about this. So Wow, wow, wow. Yes. So he's like, I need you to go to bed. I need you to go to work in the morning. I'll take care of this. He hires over a doctor, hires, quote unquote. He fucking blackmails him. He's like, you're going to do this for me or else I'm going to expose you. Expose you for whatever. Spill the hot milk. Um... So she, I'm gonna, he's going to spill the hot milk. I just fucking forgot about that. Uh, so then she wakes up the next morning, tries to get a hold of Jack, doesn't hear an answer. She's like, okay, I guess I'll just go to work. Goes to work for the gunshot wound in her hand. Is like, oh, I wonder oh if God, Jack's going to she slept on that thing? She fucking slept on that thing. I don't, maybe, I, Luminol must be a wonder of a drug. I guess. Um, And then at a certain point, she is able to get a hold of him, probably late afternoon on that Saturday. Uh-huh. 
and is like, hey, I wasn't able to get rid of it in Arizona, so I'm going to have to have you do me a favor. And this is him? This is him talking okay. to Winnie. Okay. He's like, I wasn't able to get rid of it like I said I would. Right. The whole thing was is that he was shit-faced drunk, and he was probably like, nah, I'll figure it out. <laughs> I'll figure it out in the morning. I'll figure it out in the morning. So he asks her to meet her back at the murder house that evening, 6 p.m. that Saturday or so. Mm. Um... She goes over and she's like, where are the bodies? And he kind of does, like, the gesture of, like, there. And then she's like, okay, I'm not going to acknowledge it. And he goes, I'm going to have you hire moving people. I'm going to have you take this to L.A. Your brother's in L.A. as well as your husband. You have a double alibi. You can take these packages with you. And he's all like, I can't get, I'm too high profile of a name. And he's probably dead sober by now. He's like, I can't keep myself attached right, to right, this. Right. So... She's like, okay, I will, I'll take care of this, I guess. We'll see how this goes. Um, They have to, again, break it down into separate packages so that it's actually able to be moved. She actually doesn't show up on time to meet who she needs to at the train station. In LA? In LA. There's a secondary part to this. He has another doctor there who's going to help her with the luggage calling in another favor in LA to help her get rid of the bodies. She doesn't show up on time. Uh-oh. And so she shows up with the bodies and is like, oh. Where's your friend? Where's your friend? Yeah. That being said, there's not a cell phone right. during this time. So she's just kind of standing there, b- bewildered. And then on top of that, the train station attendant comes through and is all like, ma'am, your trunk's bleeding. All right. <laughs> We're going to need you to open this. Ew. Gross. She takes off. She uh, turns herself over the that Friday. Yeah, yeah. And so now it comes down to how do we allocate this? How do we allocate guilt and blame? Right. Um, there are a lot of people who are still very stunned at the fact of this woman who is so gorgeous and lovely and a protest. And young. Yeah, and young is like, um, hi, I'm a murderer. Yeah. Um, and she originally tries to place Jack under the same blame. She's like, he helped me, helped, he helped me take care of this, he set me up, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But despite the number of times his name was dropped, no one was willing to call him to the stand. Because he had he had big he money. He was a big deal. He was a big deal. So she goes to trial. I think so. This all happens October sixteenth. I think is when it starts. Mm-hmm. It ends October twenty something. It takes her until January sixteenth of nineteen thirty two um, to actually go to trial. And Whoa. by February eighth. She is found guilty and sentenced to death. Whoa. So someone else who thinks that Jack Holleran is guilty for a lot of this setup is yeah. like, hold on a second. She claims self-defense during the time in which she was found. She was discovered with over 140-some bruises on her body because of an ironing board. It sounds like this was not necessarily the case. But because she was found guilty of murder of Sammy... They were like, we need to find another way to keep you off of the noose. Um, or I believe they did lethal injection uh, at the time. Uh, so they were able to, within hours of her execution date, which I believe was February 17th of the next year of 1933. Oh my god. Within hours, they were able to ha- to get her to claim insanity, which then ties in with the written 
um, with the written uh, confession. confession. Thank you. Um, where it completely exonerates Halloran and is all just her and Luminol and just being like, I'm crazy and I haven't, I had insomnia and blah, blah, and like just couldn't. So she's hours away from the needle. Hours away. And they're like, okay. Mm hmm. So at this point, it's like kind of just a squared away case. Like, there's not really much else they can do for her. Right. She just has to go live at the Arizona State hospital under supervision that being said a lot of people believed that she was um she was robbed essentially in the judicial case because there was a lot of mishandling Mm -hmm. and a lot of money and bribes right um that she actually found a way to escape the hospital seven different times at one point she was gone for seven years and had like begun another life in I want to say it was like San Bernardino or San Luis Obispo or something like that. Days, not years. No years, like seven years, and was a caretaker for an old woman. And the woman had actually left her money to start a new life, except for the part where the woman who passed her son ended up blackmailing Winnie. Winnie got sent back to. Oh my gosh, Winnie just has Mm -hmm. the worst luck. Yeah, and then after that, I think she was. She was placed on parole. She got good behavior and was released at the age... Oh, fuck. I want to say she was released... Oh, she was paroled in 1971. Um, and then lived out her life under a different pseudonym and died in 1993, I believe. Whoa. Yeah. She lived for a very, very long time. Whoa, Winnie. Side note, Jack Holleran was um, eliminated from his business because he brought too much drama and died nameless and penniless. So. Whoa. The end. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Dead body in a trunk. Um, oh I want to show you the pictures, but they're on my phone and the phone's recording. That's okay. We'll get to them. I've seen part of them and they're right? insane. They're nuts. That's... There's so much to that story. It's all over the place. It doesn't make sense. I was like, oh my god, all this information is so much to follow. But with such... That's Arizona. That's Arizona. That's Arizona for you. And that's Arizona. everyone in Arizona. Come on, come on down to the Grand Canyon State. Come check out our cowboys and our... Hot milk and dismemberment. Hot milk and dismemberment. Oh my god, that was such a ride. That was so... Don't you feel better to be done with it, though? Yeah, that kind of felt like a natural source of therapy. I recommend anyone else. Just do a lot of research, write it all down. Really cram it in there. Tell the story, and then be done. Right. Kind of like an oratory test in, like, a foreign language. That was an insane story. That's... Like, truly. Yes. It's crazy. Wow. And it came down to cutting someone into little tiny pieces, which is such a sad time because Sammy's super cute. Like, when you look at pictures of her, you're like, you're, she's just, like, she's just cute. She's a cute little school teacher. Also, the doctor that cut them up, like, how does he sleep at night? That's the other thing. Side note on his story, apparently he showed up at the police station maybe about a week after the trial began and he was looking for Winnie and was like, where's Winnie? He's, of course, belligerent drunk. He probably has been drunk off his ass for weeks now. Everybody's drinking. Yeah. And he's all like, they're like, why are you looking for Winnie? He's like, I'm the only one who knows the truth. I'm the only one who knows the truth. Blah. And 
probably two days later commits suicide. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. Is like, I can't, he can't get sober enough to have the conversation. And right. he's just like, fuck it, and offs himself. Yep. Fucking Whoa. nuts. Yeah. And you said that house that the sisters, not sisters, but friends lived in still mm-hmm. stands? It still stands. It's crazy. And it's in the photos, right? It is. Okay. It's that really crooked one yeah. that I showed you. <laughs> which is so weird because the architecture during that time, like, made no, nothing about that house makes sense now. Or, like, the layout? Yeah, like, nothing, just, it's all very odd. That being, there are a bunch of weird houses. I definitely lived in a house in Flagstaff that was built in the 1930s. And it's, it actually is crooked. Like, it's leaning on its foundations crooked. Where you're like, oh, and it's... And the ceilings are as tall... Like, your hands are on the ceilings. Oh, no. Yeah, it's probably about as tall as that fucking stairwell. Oh, You're like, oh! It made yoga very difficult. It's very hard. It's a bad time. Wow. Oh, man. So, they're very... They're, and they're made out of, like, the weirdest materials and... Yeah. I don't know. They're very traditional. They're very... They kind of look like adobe houses. Well, it have, like, the archway. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. They use both hands because you needed. Yeah. How else are you supposed to? <laughs> you know, supposed to do this? You're supposed to do this? <laughs> Who are you, Winnie? You got a gun one in your hand? Oh, Winnie, no. Winnie, no. Poor Winnie. Winnie. Poor Winnie and poor everyone in Winnie's life. I know. There is a photo that I think I did find where she was actually kind of like, she, when she was in the hospital, she did hair and she was a relatively creative person because I think she did like art as well Mm -hmm. and i didn't understand this photo it's like a weird it looks like one of those political cartoons but Mm -hmm. then she like writes a poem underneath Mm -hmm. and i think it's about the murders and like it's just very she has some stuff to work through she has some stuff to work through and there's not a therapist in town that's not willing to help her process it without medication and maybe some more luminol (laughs) i don't know so excuse me so yeah it's just i wonder if she was i want to know if she was psychotic like i just want to know what was plaguing her to the point of absolute was she insane was she just like did she just have a lot of like hysterics yeah um and just had a lot of things going on because her husband was gone and she also was having an affair and like yeah it's natural to be stressed but stressed to the point of killing two people i mean i guess i've never been in that situation but no Holy shit. That's a whole different world then, though. Put it, everything down. Not, yeah. not, you know, definitely not justifying yeah. anything. Yeah, do not push it down. Talk about it. No. <laughs> Please. Hands clapped included. Please. Please. Please talk about it, or else you're going to end up like Winnie and escape seven times and live in seven years for seven years with a strange woman and receive her inheritance, but then also get blackmailed, so... That's also really insane. I definitely thought you were going to say seven days, and you're like, seven years. years. So I was like, Absolutely. Wow. Because I had to read it, like, three times. I was like, seven days. No, seven years. Seven days? No, seven years. <laughs> the thing that was really entertaining, too, is they talked about how she, quote-unquote, escaped, but, like, probably three of the seven times, four of the seven times... Yeah. A lot of the nurses sympathized with her and were like, I don't think you're actually crazy. Here are the keys. Just go. And then she would escape. And then they're like, oh, no, she's Winnie gone. Oh. oh, no, she's gone. Um, And then they'd be like, oh, Winnie's back. And then would never change the locks. They just, like, kept the, they're like, oh, yeah, we changed the locks. And they're like, we didn't change the locks. <laughs> we trust Winnie. Yeah, Winnie, it's fine. It's so fine. Oh my gosh. That was an insane story. That... And I have to say, um, you didn't 
really look at your notes that much. I, I, you had... told it like at me the whole time, <laughs> which was very impressive because that was a lot of was so much twists different. and turns. I think I've written down the same thing like three different times. Like I wrote it here and I wrote it here and I wrote it somewhere else. I'm yeah. sure on my phone. You have it on the drive. It's probably it's on the drive. Man. Who? Wow. How, that was awesome. How long are we at? I told, I talked at you for a whole hour. And yeah, and it was great. Shit. You told it very well. <gasps> Fuck. I'm stoked about it. That's crazy. Wow. Okay. That's awesome. Well, thank you, Michael, for You're coming welcome. by. <laughs> uh, shameless plug, um, come listen to me and my partner uh, ramble about movies on Blink Movie Podcast. Yes. He went to film school and I fucking hate movies, so come listen to us. It's a great dynamic. It's a good time. Where can they listen? Yeah. Oh, they can listen at SoundCloud at Blink Movie, oh wait, SoundCloud.com backslash Blink Movie Podcast. Yes. That's all we got. We don't have social media yet because we having we need to get pretty for that first or clever. No, you don't. Just listen, <laughs> just listen to us. Just, just hear our voices. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Listen to us on your commute. Go to sleep with our voices in your ears. No, it's not weird. I get it. No, it's I good. like it. I like um, it. Good stuff. Anything else you, you want to plug? I don't think so. Thank okay. you. Yeah. This, has been, this, this is, is fun. really fun. <laughs> Ooh. We love a crazy story. Uh, it okay. was a ride. It was a ride. Okay. Thank you, Michael. Goodbye. Thank you. If you liked Maisie's friend's story, you might also like Maisie's best friends, Arcadian Grooming and Blink Slate Labs. They're here to make your skin and your hair more wonderful than could ever be imagined. You can also get a fantastic discount by using the code MURDERBLOWS on either of their websites. Check them out on Instagram, at Arcadian Official, and at Blink Slate Labs. Get you some sweet and salty scrub and lip scrub. It's great. Best friends forever. Bye.